0: fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. Several shots were fired as President Kennedy's motorcade passed through downtown Dallas. None of us will ever forget this day, yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world.
1: say please. Oh, you
0: coming Of that character. I have a today. Welcome to the Hagman Daily Show. Weekdays 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And now your hosts Joe Hagman and John Robertson.
2: Hello and welcome to this Friday edition of the Hagman Daily Show. Today's Friday the 13th, 13th of July, 2018, and we got some very interesting things going on. Uh, We do have a guest coming on with us. Uh, This is going to be a great uh, interview with Preston Condra. He's the author of several books, one of which is In My Hand, By Which We Are Saved, Sharing the Gospel with Confidence. And he has written another book that uh, we're also going to talk about. But he is a a guest that we're going to have on Uh, to talk about our current day situation and as far as as faith and prophecy is concerned now we have breaking news uh on the heels of peter strauk's testimony yesterday now we have deputy attorney general rod rosenstein holding a press conference uh law enforcement announcements and what he has announced is that 12 russians have been charged with hacking now what is I, I'm just getting the news as you know we pre-record the show, so I am uh recording this. It's about twelve oh three right now, Eastern Time. So I don't have all the information, uh, but this press conference seems to be in response to the damaging testimony by Peter Strauk yesterday. When I say damaging, it's self uh defeating. This guy is so arrogant. Um, I can't even really express into words in a polite way the way I feel about him after watching him, his facial expressions, his body movements, his body language, his words, his arrogance. Um, this is the the heart of the matter. These are the people who are the deep state. This is their mindset. These are the that's the hatred that that you see that animosity in his eyes. That's what these people hold for uh, America, its values, the supporters of Trump, Trump himself, Christian conservatives, proponents of freedom. Uh, this is the, the the you can see it in Strauss face in his demeanor in his whole attitude. This is the same. A satanic collective hive mind attitude that we see in all these globalist uh, uh, communist uh, snowflake social justice warrior types uh, to different degrees but let's listen to one of the most explosive exchanges as yesterday's hearing devolved into a circus, as we talked about titling the show yesterday, wake me up when somebody's in jail, when somebody goes to jail, it's a a real concern because what are we seeing here with these hearings? You have uh, these people who are, it's been proven their bias, their attempts to not only protect, they did protect Hillary Clinton from criminal prosecution, changing the language from gross negligence to uh, extremely careless where negligence is a crime. They let her off the hook and, now we we know that they set up this trump russia investigation to get him impeached in the uh you know 10 percent chance that he did win but now strauk after using his fbi phone to text message his uh, uh the person he was cheating on his wife with uh he used the fbi phone those messages became public and we see Uh, how much he hated President and hates President Trump. Uh, We will stop him. Uh, He will never become president. We know we have an insurance policy. When we we were in Andy's office at the meeting, uh, we have to create an insurance policy, almost like the same thing as uh, for somebody who dies before 40 unexpectedly. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but what they were saying is they were setting up not only the clearance for Hillary Clinton to be uh, President Trump without any suspicion or being under investigation or having a felony uh, on her record, uh, and at the same time they were setting up the Trump investigation, but let's take a quick listen to a very quick soundbite from the Louis gomer Strauch exchange, and if you folks, I'm telling you, if you have nine minutes Watch that whole exchange. It's easy to find. Just do a quick search on YouTube or Google video and just say uh, Strauch Gomert, G-O-H-M-E-R-T. Here is Fox News from this morning. Fox and Friends, who had Louis Gohmert on, they play a little bit from this exchange and then they ask Gomer some questions. So let's take a listen.
1: One of the Republican
0: lawmakers there, Louis Gohmert, and things boiled over with him during the hearing. He blasted struck for the impact he had on public trust and the FBI, and his personal behavior. The disgrace, Mr. What this man has done. The gentleman from Texas will suspend for a moment. Is the disgrace. And it won't be recaptured anytime soon because of the damage you've done to the justice system. And I've talked to FBI agents around the country. You've embarrassed them. You've embarrassed yourself. And I can't help but wonder, when I see you looking there with a little smirk, how many times did you look so innocent into your wife's eye and lie to her about uh, Lisa? Mr. Chairman, this is uh, outrageous. The credibility of a witness Shame is always on an chairman. issue. Mr. Mr. Chairman, you, please. Mr. You you know chairman, this is an intolerable please harassment of the witness. What's wrong with that? You need your medication.
2: It was a free-for-all, and you heard that comment in. And we, can, we can play the rest of this interview. Uh, I just want to first... At the end of that exchange, one of the very interesting things that we see was that Gomer asked. Uh, Peter Strouk, if he had contact with Hillary Clinton uh, since the time of the interview, the FBI interview. And Peter Strouk answered, uh, no, no, I have not. And Gomer quipped back. He said, well, you didn't even get a thank you. And I thought that was uh, perfect when you when you think of, you know, what Strouk did as far as damaging his own career at the FBI, damaging the FBI's credibility, that he uh, would ask that question and also throw it right back in Hillary Clinton's face. But let's go back and listen to the rest of this interview because he uh, goes a little bit further in this interview talking about his mindset. I need your
0: medication. Congressman <laughs> Louis
2: Gohmert, did you
0: lose your temper or did you intend to bring up his personal life decisions? No, I didn't go into it intending to do that, but as I sat there listening to him so smugly, his little smirk, and he lied repeatedly, and he knew he was lying, he knew I knew he was lying, and yet he still would lie. And I'm telling you, it, it, the, the unfortunate thing is about that last exchange I had with him, uh, it uh, may have clouded over a very, very important story, and that is that he was told by the uh, intelligence community inspector general's investigator, Frank Rucker, that they had found an anomaly in the emails going to and and from Hillary Clinton's unauthorized private server, and it was uh, when they forensically examined the anomaly they found embedded information, and it was a foreign entity, not Russia, but a foreign entity that was well uh, that was getting every single one of
2: her th- over over thirty thousand emails All right, then we're going to stop it there because this is a good point to expand upon uh, yesterday during that hearing, Gomer shared the fact that Hillary Clinton. Her emails, almost of all of her 30,000 emails, were sent uh, to a foreign source, but not Russia. And this is what Gomer, the watchdog, found Clinton emails were sent to foreign entity. That's what Daily Caller's headline is. Gomer, watchdog, found Clinton emails were sent to foreign entity. The intelligence community inspector general ICIG found an anomaly on Hillary Clinton's emails going through their private server. And when they had done their forensic analysis, they found that her emails, every single one, except for four, over thirty thousand, were going to an address that was not on the distribution list. Republican Louis Gomer of Texas said during the hearing with the FBI officials Peter Strauk. Then it goes on to say it was going to an unauthorized source an unauthorized source that was a foreign entity unrelated to Russia. And Gomer expanded from there. He says, what, did you only care about the foreign influence of elections if it pertains to Russia and Donald Trump? Because obviously you don't care when you are the lead investigator in the Hillary Clinton email investigation and this matter is brought to your attention. And Peter Strauch even admitted he did nothing with the information. He did nothing with that information. So this goes back to my point. These hearings are a joke. Yeah, we learn a little bit of information, and I do believe that we're going to see some—this Some, some uh, this is going to go much deeper. Uh, this is only getting started from what I understand, and it's going to be uh, a political circus, you know, and who knows how it's going to roll out. But from what my dad said, after wa- he watched the Watergate hearings uh, back in his time, and he said that this seems much worse, and it obviously is— but how how will these people and will these people be held accountable? Will they be held to justice? That's my question. And I said yesterday that after these people are prosecuted, convicted, and sentenced, then they should be brought back in front of the House Judiciary Committee and be I mean be made to ask questions. And the fact that they did not hold Strauch in contempt yesterday uh, is just it just shows you the level of uh, of deep state uh, establishment. Uh, cover-up that goes on in these places, because he was not answering questions, even basic questions that Congress already knew the answer to. Like, did you interview anybody in the Russia investigation between July 26th and August 8th? On the advice of FBI counsel, I can't answer that. I mean, that's garbage. He cannot be hiding behind, uh, you know, FBI. He's in a congressional hearing. Congress is asking him questions to clarify exactly what it is, that the role he played in these investigations and did his bias interfere with those investigations and he tried with a straight face for hours yesterday to convince the american people that up is down black is white and that as my dad said the sky is green because he lied they knew he was lying and he did it with a, a smirk on his face like he didn't have a care in the world as my dad said almost like he enjoyed it and i bet that he did he he is a, he is a snake And, uh, this just shows you the character of those, uh, deep state, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, the swamp monsters. Okay. So this other news, because we got a guest coming on and I want to make sure that we give him, uh, the proper time and let me check my clock real quick. Okay. So we got to bring him on in just a few minutes, but Mueller Mueller, Robert Mueller indicts 12 Russian officers. For hacking Democrats in 2016, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein announced on Friday that 12 Russian intelligence officers were indicted by Special Counsel Mueller in an ongoing Trump Russia investigation. The officers are members of the GRU. Are all named as ha- allegedly hacking the DNC, the DNC, and the Hillary Clinton campaign. So here's what they're doing: forget Seth Rich, forget the the fact that the emails were not hacked and, and uh that data transferred to another computer, uh, what we do know is that the data was stolen. It it was not transferred or hacked out of their systems. So this whole indictment, in my mind, from what I know, is complete. It's it's a complete fabricated lie. Any evidence that they have or claim to have or will show will be manufactured by the Deep State Mueller investigation. Because we already know. That information was not hacked. We know that information was not hacked. So what do we know? We know Robert Mueller on the heels of the Strauch embarrassment. I mean, and and folks, again, watch that whole political circus that happened yesterday uh, there's some excellent information and, and exchanges in there but again it just shows you the collective satanic mindset the, the Peter Strauk is one example uh, of the the hatred the animosity the arrogance uh, that think they think they are on the side of right but it shows you this is this is one uh, example into how this whole collective hive mind thinks feels and acts and this is that the contempt that is shown in that hearing by Peter Strauch is the same contempt that the 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 satanic new world order and all their dupes have for anybody who believes in God, anybody who's a Christian, anybody who wants uh, America to to uh, stick with the Constitution, and, and we can enjoy our freedoms and uh, li- live a clean, wholesome life, and that is becoming impossible in a world where you have the Hollywood, media, political, uh, and, and every other... Uh, pillar of of, or institutions of power in our society spouting off the satanic communist rhetoric and it's so damaging and we cover it every day so uh, again this whole Mueller thing the fabrication I haven't seen the evidence yet what they're going to roll out as evidence but to make the point for a third and final time they're saying that Rod Rosenstein and Robert Mueller are saying that 12 Russian intelligence officers are being indicted for hacking the DCCC the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign, and again we know the DNC hack. No, no, there was no hack. They wouldn't even turn the servers over to the FBI. Remember, uh, CrowdStrike was the third party uh, who looked at that looked at that server, and they wouldn't turn it over to the FBI. But we know uh, from what we do know, the data was not transmitted or or hacked and, and uh, gone from one place to the other. It was physically taken from those computers. So to, to make my final point on this, I will be very interested to see in what actual documented evidence that they come out with. And don't forget WikiLeaks Vault 7 covered this very well. They they covered the fact they showed the evidence of how any government is able to manufacture evidence, uh, to commit cyber crimes Uh, hacking and other things and and give a signature uh, from a source who didn't do it. It's like a false flag uh, attack, only a cyber attack. So they're able to make it look as though they're able to commit a hack. Then they're able to make it look like, say, Turkey did it. Uh, you know, we'll say we hack Russia, they can give it a signature that makes it look like Turkey did it. So Russia will think Turkey hacked Russia, WikiLeaks Vault seven exposed those tools and those capabilities. So can we trust any evidence that shows uh, that, you know, these 12 Russian officers uh, are uh, uh, actually hacked the DNC and Hillary Clinton email server, it'll be interesting to find out. And next week, I'm sure we will talk about that a lot more in-depth, but we have a great show with a great guest, and uh, we have him with us, and his name is Preston Condra. He has a master's from Southwestern Theological Society. He has a, a BA from Oklahoma Baptist University. He's been in ministry for over 25 years, and he's published three books, one of those I have in my hand, by which we are saved, sharing the gospel with confidence, and we talk every day about the uh the importance of having this in, in this world that we live in uh, the chaotic evil world and having that that root your yourself and your faith rooted in the lord and have that solid foundation uh that and that's where you start your journey of truth all these people who are you know quote unquote red-pilled or uh, coming awake need to understand that the answer is jesus christ and and his word and that's where you start in, in the bible it says uh What is it? The fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom, or is the beginning of wisdom, I believe. But either way, we have with us uh, Preston Condra, and it's great to have you, Preston. Where do you want to start today? I know I got this book in front of me. And, uh, I've had time to to not read the whole thing, but I've read a lot of it and there's a lot of good stuff in here. And, uh, this is about the ministry, about being a Christian, about, uh, you know, the whole salvation aspect and what we need to do as the Lord instructs us. So where do you want to start today?
1: Hey, Joe, thank you for having me on the show. I, I'd really like to just tell folks who we are first, um, Sure. I know this is, uh, first of all, we want to say what an honor it is to get to be on the show with you and and John today. Thank you so much. Our ministry, Joe, is called um, Sufficient Word Publishing, and we, we, what we do is, we. our goal is to write materials that are actually useful for believers. They're usually short, concise, with lots of Bible verses in them. And the one we're going to talk about today, by which we are saved, is a handbook for the believer to be uh, a a great help in sharing your faith. Because, you know, through the years being in ministry, I've heard uh, three things from people, from believers, as as why they don't share their faith as much as they'd like to. And, Joe, I'm sure you've heard these same things through the years. One is uh, Christians will often say, well, I don't know what to say. And another is, well, I'm afraid to offend because of political correctness or whatever the case may be. They're just afraid to offend. And the third thing is, um, I'm, I'm afraid I can't answer their questions or objections. And so the end result of one or all of those fears usually is believers uh, don't end up sharing their faith at all. And so we want to help our book overcomes and solves each of these fears and concerns from believers and is a, an ongoing, timeless resource that a Christian can always use in sharing their faith. And, and let me say, too, Joe, it's not a technique. It's not an outline to be memorized. Uh, we're not going for that. We want you to be able to share your faith in everyday dealings with people. And the first first part there is that first fear we talked about. What, what do we say? And we cover that thoroughly in chapter one, where we thoroughly explain the gospel. And and we're using a verse, Joe, that uh, I I don't see a lot in very many books on evangelism or books that teach believers how to share their faith. And those verses are First Corinthians 15, 1 through four. Now, yeah. it's it's interesting about those verses, Joe. Those are the that's the only place in the New Testament where the gospel is called the gospel. And every element of the gospel is present in the same passage. There are lots of verses in the Bible that are about salvation or about who Jesus is. But nowhere else in Scripture do we find the gospel stated fully other than right here in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4.
2: And let's look at that. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory that I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of Cephas, and there and then of the twelve. After that, He was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, whom of the, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, He was seen of James, and then all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. And that's the uh, end of the uh, verse 8 in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And, you know, going back to the three reasons that you listed as to why people are hesitant or afraid to share the gospel. When we brought you on here on the show, one of the things that we've been talking about is the political atmosphere, the tension, and this this collective, I, I call it, the collective satanic hive mind you can call it Hmm. liberalism trump derangement syndrome it it seems to (laughs) to have this uh it it seems to focus around president trump for whatever reason but it is much more than that it is his supporters it is the christian conservatives it is god who these people really hate and we are in a time where Sharing your faith could get you a beating or get you killed mm-hmm. if you talk to the wrong person about it. So yeah. I can understand people being hesitant, but there are ways to do it, uh, and that's ways right. to do it without being contentious or having to be defensive or offensive, and, and take the emotional aspect out of it. See, our our culture right now is has been hyped up almost like given a, a an instant steroid shot of hyper emotionalism, and that's what oh, everybody's that. running on mm-hmm. now. And we need to dial that back.
1: Boy, that's right. You're right, Joe. That is the culture. the The clash of idea, ideas and beliefs is is at a level of intensity I've never seen in my lifetime. I'm 48 years old, and I've never seen anything like this. Uh, and certainly, you're right. Sharing the gospel is as contentious in the culture as we've ever seen. It. And I I think you make a good point. Trump just kind of it's not him doing anything per se but just his beliefs that uh, many take to represent Christianity that angers the left. And yeah, it does, does bring about contention. And what we, what we seek to do is even amidst that we still as believers need to be sharing our faith. It's certainly still our responsibility. And I think, like you say, there are some ways around that. And, and, And it just comes back to basic respect for people and, Let me. One thing. One thing I think we encourage, uh, you know, in light of the culture here and sharing our faith, is I can't encourage the believer enough not to be too overly personally invested in whether you win someone to Christ or don't. Um, That's that's a place where I have to watch myself because, at the end of the day, I'm just the messenger boy. I'm, yeah. I don't do the saving; it's God who does the saving. He's just asked me to tell him. The best way and I've so, heard
2: that said, and I've I've uh, stuck with this ever since I've heard it, is uh, we plant the seeds and we allow God to water them, and whether that's they right. grow or not, uh, that's up to the Lord. And, and but we've done our duty.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. We all we need to do is is to do our best to share with them, and if they believe they believe if they don't that's okay a lot of them are not going to that that's not really the point is and of course we want them to believe no doubt but what i mean is i, I don't want i don't want to be so personally invested that i take it as some kind of personal defeat if i don't win someone to christ you see what i mean oh yeah absolutely that's because what what I, what I what i think can come from that is with me i'm a competitive person I don't look like it now but I was an athlete growing up and so I tend to be competitive and especially when it comes to a conversation of ideas. So if I'm if I'm so personally invested that I take it personally when someone doesn't believe the gospel when I've shared it with them, then I could probably get into an argument pretty easily with someone. That's that's just one example. You see what I mean? Yeah. But if I'm not so personally invested that hey, if they believe, wonderful. If they don't, I've done what God's asked me to do, and I'll continue to pray for them. And then that's the attitude.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it is um, – let's deal with this issue because as hard as it is for me to admit it, I used to – and sometimes – I wouldn't say sometimes anymore, but – um, the some people are embarrassed about their faith. When I was very, a very young Christian, and let's say you're around a group of friends who are, you know, not saved, and uh, they start to, you know, talk and, and do things in, in in ways that are you know, very sinful, we'll say, and you get really mm-hmm. uncomfortable about that. But see, there's a, there was a, a point there where I would be too embarrassed about my faith to say, hey guys, you know, uh, uh, to, to say anything about it. But you know that has has left me, thank goodness. Um, But there there are a lot of, for whatever reason, Satan hinders us in many ways, and we as as human beings uh, allow our own physical and mental uh, defects to get in the way as well. And it is uh, something that is it's not. Uh, it's i don't want to say it's not for everybody but if it isn't for you you have to step outside your comfort zone and find a way how to be able to do this uh successfully and you don't have to run around uh you know up and down your your neighborhood uh with a sign on you know Jesus saves and <laughs> and you know being the the crazy street preacher that Hollywood likes to depict um there, That's there, right. there's there's a, a lot of ways this can be done
1: Right and and one one of the one of the key things we we encourage is just Asking, them, asking their permission to enter into the conversation. So, yeah. already, if we come in already not so personally invested that we take things personally, if we will then, from that attitude, ask, ask them for their permission to enter the conversation, then we really avoid a lot of uh, conflict that way. I mean, after all, if you ask them for their permission, they don't really have any reasonable reason to be upset. You know, (laughs) by just the conversation, you see what I mean? Yeah. Now, some will say, well, but what if they say no, then then what? Well, you've still started the conversation. And, you know, if something comes up where they have questions about God or or they want to know some answers about what the Bible says, they're probably going to turn to you because you've started the conversation. Either way, you've started the conversation that's a very good point. And yeah. Uh, you know, so
2: when, when things go bad or whenever, uh, you know, if, if they do look into it or think about it any further and, and, you know, start to wonder, you will be the person that they come to and ask that's for true. further guidance and direction. And that's a very important point to make.
1: That's right. And, and also just being a seed planter, just, you know, in conversation, you know, mention church or mention Jesus or mention God or mention the Bible that, Oftentimes we'll start the conversation too, and at least they know you have an interest there. So I mean if I think if believers can turn into seed planters, we will we'll that'll help a lot with evangelism.
2: And many of our listeners are already uh, you know, seasoned believers. Uh I believe the majority of our audience is is Christian. And whether mm-hmm. you are a Christian or not and you listen to the show, you know, that's fantastic. But I, what we talk about so frequently, you know, every show we, we mention the, our faith and, and how that intertwines with the, the world we live in today. Mm-hmm. But everybody out there needs to understand that, uh, you know, since the Bible, I, I tell so many people who are uh, seem to be uh, haters of God, atheists, agnostics, they have never read the Bible yet they'll take words and context uh, or phrases and verses out of context in there to to show the Lord in a bad light. I guess what I'm getting at is that people who don't know how to rebut or how to argue properly uh, or mm-hmm. are afraid to get into engage into a discussion because they don't believe they have all the facts to back them up. Uh, one right. of the main things people can do is being very disciplined in your Bible reading. We have to read our Bibles. Uh, it's, a yep. living, it's the living word, and I don't know for you, but I know for me that it's, always, it's constantly changing uh, based yep. on, on how I'm growing, how I'm living, what's going on in my life. And uh, right now I'm, I'm doing a study on Ezekiel, which mm. I've probably read a hundred times, but, you know, I'm finding all these other gems in there as I read it again. But having the uh, the, the foundation of faith and having, you know, the Word of God in your mind, in your memory uh, from reading it, that is a, a sure way to start to, to get rid of those fears of not having the right arguments, knowing the scriptures, so you will be able to properly
1: argue the points. That's exactly right, Joe. The that's our life as believers is and it's our lifeline with God is the scripture. So being in the scripture is you're right it's paramount to to our Christian life. And and on the on that note about scripture in the book we the the questions that may come up we have a lot of scriptures printed right in the book. So the other help is that you don't have to go searching for bible verses. Um, whatever the question may be, we put Bible verses in there to help you answer them. And because our thinking is, if we can give them scripture, then we're giving them something the Holy Spirit can use. He'll use that. The The Bible is living and active and sharper than any two edged sword. And the Holy Spirit will use that to convict them of what's true. And so, yeah, you're right. An emphasis on on the word of God is is really very important. And Joe, if I could go back to what we talked about the the verses there in 1st Corinthians 15, yeah. And just I want to explain just briefly what what it is that we share. Cuz I've talked to a lot of people through the years and I've gotten a lot of different answers on what people think the gospel is. Some say the gospel is asking Jesus into your heart, some say it's you know, making a decision or praying some kind of prayer or getting baptized or something like that. N- none of those things are the gospel. The gospel is right there in 1 Corinthians fifteen one through 4 where it says this is the gospel by which we are saved. By the way, gospel is a message to, uh, to be believed. In the New Testament, we see that word. It's good news, so it's a message to be believed. And the message here, the gospel of Christ, is that Jesus died for our sins. And that word for, Joe, is real significant because it means on behalf of. So Jesus died on our behalf. On the He died for our sins on the cross on our behalf and was buried, which proved he died. And on the third day, he rose from the dead, according to the scriptures. And that's all someone has to believe to be saved. The, the reason for believing it is for the purpose of being of, of salvation. So that, that is the, the gospel, and there's nothing else we have to add to it, and we don't take anything away. So what we focus on is the five elements there in the, in the gospel. You've got who Jesus is. It says right there that Christ died for our sins. So the Jesus we're talking about is the Old Testament prophesied Messiah who was born of the virgin, who lived a sinless life, who died bodily, physically on the cross for our sins, was buried, which proved he died. On the third day, he rose from the dead. He's 100% man. He's 100% God. He's the one and only way of salvation. And he's coming back someday. So when we talk about Jesus Christ, that is the biblical Jesus Christ that we're talking about. And it's important to know we raise that because it mentions him right there, that, that Christ died for our sins. So that's who he is.
2: And one of the most fascinating things about the uh, the, fifth, the verse in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that you highlight here is uh, and this is my favorite part of it, let me get back to it, is the fact that it is talked about uh, in Scripture. It says, uh, first of all, that, that the Lord Christ was prophesied uh, to come, According to Scripture. It it was also that he was to be uh, crucified and died and rise again on the third day, according to Scriptures. And those Scriptures are in the Old Testament, fulfilling uh, many of the prophets from the Old Testament. Uh, And this is what's so fascinating about the Bible. And one thing, I mean, I've always loved to follow Jesus' ministry. That's one of the first things I studied as as a Christian. Uh, but the, the uh, after, you know, learning and reading the New Testament and understanding that, you go back into the Old Testament and you see, you can see where uh, God talks about uh, not only the coming of Jesus, the, the, the son of the Lord and who would be sacrificed, but it was done in a way where uh, it's just so prophetic, so amazing. It could be nothing other than the uh, uh, divine creation and creator who put this all together from before the foundation of the world. Uh, nobody else could do this so perfectly, and I know I'm 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 uh, uh, not being very articulate here with this, but the, the the prophets all prophesied about the return, the coming of the Messiah, and yep. then his his death and resurrection, and and how that would change everything, and then you know, it, but people missed it at the time when it happened. And it's like uh, what we see today. Uh, people are missing prophecies as they're coming to fruition, whether it's Israel becoming a nation again, that was prophesied about 2,800 years ago uh, uh-huh. in, in Ezekiel, uh, to the end times that we are living in, whether you know we have 10, 20, 30 years left, 100 years mm-hmm. left, I don't know. But we are definitely in times of that, that the Lord talked about would be the end times. But will we miss it? Just like the many missed the coming of the Messiah. I know I went mm. a lot of places there, but
1: Yep. Yeah. And and you're right, prophecy is is real important. In fact, that's that's one of the things, Joe, that sets the Bible apart is its accuracy and prophecy. It's hundred percent accurate. And with regard to Jesus, I think just for his first coming, there are some say three hundred prophecies that were fulfilled just with him with his first coming. Uh, so yes, the, the prophetic aspect of the Bible is hugely significant and sets it apart from all the rest. And uh, let me, while we're on this, it's important to, you bring up a real significant part here and it's an aspect of the gospel because it's the only thing in that passage he says twice. And that is according to the scriptures. So the question is, why does Paul mention that here? And I think it's real simple It's that he is stating his authority. He's saying, this is not coming from me or some other man, that this is the message God has given for people to believe to be saved. That Jesus died for our sins, was buried on the third day, he rose again, according to the scriptures. So I think along with believing the gospel, there's got to be a general respect for the Bible as the word of God, I think. Because after all, how can you say you believe the gospel if you say that the Bible is untrustworthy? That doesn't that doesn't work together.
2: Absolutely right. Well, let me ask you, let me kind of throw you a curveball here and that is uh you know, you're you're debating somebody who is uh either an atheist or or just doesn't believe in God or whatever their stances uh but they don't believe and they say things like, well, uh how could God let this happen or why hasn't he returned yet in such a wicked world? Uh, I, I know how to answer things like that, but how do you, well, you know, cause I see this a lot. Um, you know, a lot of people have this, this attitude that uh, uh, how could a God, you know, whether it's personal tragedy in their own life or some, you know, a plane crash, whatever it is. Well, if there was a God,
1: he wouldn't let this
2: continue to happen. How do you with right. stuff like that?
1: Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. The, 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 I, the problem of evil and suffering. Um, I, I think one, we start with as believers I'm talking to the believer here right now that we start with the fact that God is good. He is good and he's good all the time. And the scripture tells us that, that, uh, and now here's, here's how we, how we see that God is good. God provides for his children, but he also provides for those who also don't even believe in him. Um, that he, he brings, um, he brings sun The sun to rise on the evil and on the good in Matthew chapter five, it tells us. So God is so good that even those who reject him, he provides he provides for them. Um, And, you know, another thing is with God's goodness, he hears our prayers. He answers prayers. Um, And so and he provides hope for those who believe in him. There is hope. You know, Joe, we could go back to when Adam and Eve sinned and God would have been perfectly just in not providing any answer for that sin at all. He could have left us there and just give us what we deserve. But God is, because he's good, he's merciful. So he extends mercy and grace in Christ to anyone that will believe. So there's a lot of reasons we believe he's good. And I think we start there. The other thing is... And this can't get overlooked. Is we live in a fallen world, exactly. people sin day in and day out, and that is, I would say, by far most of the cause of evil and suffering is people doing that to other people. They're sinful. We can't blame that on God. Yeah. Someone else hurt someone else. It's that person. It, it, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the gun control crowd. They say guns are the problem. No, guns aren't the problem. It's bad people shooting other people. That's the problem,
2: right? right. And you know, this is this is my problem, though. See, us Christians, we understand. Even as young believers, uh, we understand, uh, for the most part, the grace, the mercy of the Lord, the long suffering of the Lord. But I, this is the problem I have. Non Christians don't have that understanding, so I don't see that they have a way to reconcile. Uh, that, that grace and that mercy and that understanding of God's grace versus what sin has done to mankind. But that yep. obviously will come later if they dig further uh, and, and start asking, uh, you know, the Lord questions and reading his word. But, you know, some That's of right. these things, and- they just don't, I mean, not being a non-believer, uh, an answer like that, You know, it's going to kind of a lot of it's going to go over a lot of their heads because they don't have the capacity to understand, uh, you know, the nature of
1: Jesus and what he has done. That's right. And let me let me add something to that, too, Joe. Um, the, The naturalist, the person who believes in evolution, I think they're the they're the ones who have a real problem with this problem of evil and suffering, because if if evolution is true just by the very definition of the word evolution, we should be seeing an upward progression of humanity, right? But instead, the observable truth is we see just the opposite happen. We see people doing bad things to each other all the time. And and so we're not seeing an evolution. We're seeing a natural result of sin. so really, yeah. the, the atheist, the naturalist, has more of a problem answering this than we do, and that, we don't blame it on God, but God has given people the the choice to believe what's right and to also do what's right. Um, he yeah. gave Adam and Eve the choice to to choose to eat that fruit and be sinners or, or not right so at the end of the day this this idea is not god's fault it's 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 ours largely.
2: Yeah, and you know uh the environmental the environmental aspect of this uh, the, the people who you know worship the mother earth gaia as the they say this is such a fascinating thing all throughout history you've had pagan systems of religion you've had other false systems of religion whether it's islam or we could go on and on uh you know mm. hinduism but see what environmentalism offers. Uh, in earth worship authors is that the earth basically is the creator and is what we need to, to worship and cherish. And it gives an alternative that there is no God out there. And even though there's no evidence of any evolution, uh, you know, we don't have right. the uh, they can't science can't put together and say, you know, this is how exactly how it happened and how it mutated. And these are all the skeletal remains that show the the changes and to where we are today. They can't do that. But besides right. that stuff, just, let's just look at our education system. In we'll say 1850. You look at the level of education of a, a person in sixth to eighth grade in, in a United States school in 1850. Uh, today in our college universities, people who are uh, in the highest levels of, of, of universities don't even have half the understandings as many of those sixth to eighth graders did 150 years ago. And that's, yep. you know, that tells us that there is no such thing as evolution. Just in my mind,
1: that settles right. it for me. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there are a lot of problems with evolution. Uh, but, you know, when you when it comes back to, you know, when I'm asked by atheists, this I I present it back to them. I mean, just talking about, I think they have a bigger problem with it than we do. Um, because their worldview should be evolving. And it's, I mean, you know, from their worldview, the idea of evolution should mean things are evolving. We're just not seeing that. Um, so hopefully, you know, hopefully the average believer is probably not going to be getting into, a, a conversation with the well-learned atheist in most cases, I wouldn't think. Um, If they do, then I would recommend some other resources like Josh McDowell's books, for example, are fantastic on answering, you know, anything coming from from them that gets into a lot of depth. If they're open, I would I would say, too, to the Christian, you know, try to see if they're actually open or if they just want to argue with you. If they just want to argue with you, then, you know, they're not open. So I would say just be kind and keep the relationship intact but just move on.
2: Yeah, you know, and it's um uh as we talked about earlier in today's atmosphere and climate It is uh, people that this what I've never seen before. And as you said, what you've never seen before is this uh, craziness in the political world and the media establishment in Hollywood. It's like this this rabid insanity to push the most perverted and evil thing and make it acceptable to the civilization, just like what they did with with abortion. And now we see this abortion debate coming back around with the appointment of the Supreme Court justice. But you see these people uh, and their their mindset. I mean, there are. That never before have we. It's always been subtle, and I always like to use this example. In 1990, on on television, you couldn't take a show from the 1990s and put it on TV in the 1960s. It would have been, you know, <laughs> illegal. It would have been too vulgar, yeah. too vile. Right. But just yeah. like, just like in the garden, as as uh, the first description of Satan, it says that he was more subtle than any uh, other beast in the field. I'm paraphrasing, and that yeah. subtlety is what gets us because, again, uh, look at how culture has is gradually changing. But we've moved to this place where they are no longer being subtle about it. They're being very okay. vocal about their, their hatred of God, their hatred of Christian, their love of baby murder, and now you mm-hmm. have the whole Hollywood and mainstream media uh, and political establishment on board with this evil. That's what I've never seen before, and that to me is a huge red flag uh, as far as something terrible is gonna happen in this country in the next twenty years because this is not gonna fix itself.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. And and what's interesting, what goes hand in hand with linking it to uh the satanic or you know the demonic is just how unreasonable and irrational yeah this anger is. Yep. Um you, there's no talking to many of these people and it's just uh I, it's, it, I mean, that's just what it makes me think of. It, it's just so totally irrational. Um, and so I, I try, I try not to, you know, if I sense that I, I realize they're probably not open and, you know, just try to keep the relationship intact and, and come back another day. Um, hey, Joe, look, I want to Bring out an aspect of the book that I think's really important when it when it comes to having the conversation with the people. Yeah, let's do um, that. We got when, about we got about the,
2: eleven minutes uh, before the end of the interview, so you take it
1: away. When when questions come up like like what we've just been talking about the problem of evil and I gave just a a, a short answer. Uh, there's there's of course been volumes written on that and we we answer that real succinctly in the book too with Bible verses. I just mentioned a couple of them. But what makes the book a handbook, Joe, is there's an index in the back of the objections. So you don't have to worry about knowing all the answers because we've made the book easy for you to use. We've answered every objection there is to the gospel, but we've also made it easy for you to find. You just go back to that index. Whatever the question is or the objection is that comes up, you find it back there in the index, flip to the page, and there we have for you a concise answer with Bible verses in it. So it is real handy for the individual to use, and it's real easy. Not only do we overcome the main three fears we hear from believers about sharing their faith, but we also make the book, or the book is really easy to use. So I, I would encourage believers to use it. In fact, Joe, we're hearing from, uh, we're hearing from churches using it in their Sunday school classes and small groups pastors preaching Sunday morning sermon series using by which we are saved. Uh, so I would encourage people to get it for themselves to use, but pick it up and and uh, use it in your Sunday school class. Train your Sunday school class how to share their faith.
2: And, and this would be a good time. I know you gave it out earlier, but tell folks where they can go to, to for put your uh, website out there again, your social
1: media, and where the best place they can go to purchase this book Okay. Books. Our website, and thank you, Joe, our website is sufficientwordpublishing.com. Sufficientwordpublishing.com. You can uh, you can find us on there. You can contact us if you'd like us to speak in your church or your conference. My wife is a good speaker for women's events as well. Uh, so that's sufficientwordpublishing.com. Also, we are on Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com backslash sufficient word. In fact, you can probably do a search on Facebook for sufficient word and you'll find us please. Uh, we're not famous or anything. So please go on there and give us a like if you can and follow us. We'd sure appreciate it. And also I am on Twitter at Preston Condra. That's P R E S T O N C O N D R A. Please give me a follow on there and you can keep touch with me there. I'd, I'd sure love to be in contact with you. Um, and, uh, let's see the books. You can, you can find them on Amazon by which we were saved is on there. And the other book, I have some good news as well as, uh, our third book that, that just went on there. They're on Amazon and you can find out more about our books on our website as well.
2: That's awesome. So, I don't want to ask you, did, did, did your wife co-write this book with you?
1: Yes, sir. She did.
2: Well, that, that's just, uh, you know, fantastic when I, I love to see the ministries that have, uh, you know, the husbands and wives working together uh, in in their faith work. Uh, mm-hmm. It's such a, they're great stories. And, and you guys uh, uh, have been on this journey. If you don't mind, tell tell us a little bit about how you guys got started and then how you got started on this walk you're on.
1: Well, I, I've worked for years for a ministry called Watchman Fellowship. Um, and I'm still associated with Watchman, though on the side of, of my work with our Sufficient Word Publishing ministry. Watchman Fellowship, we're a, a ministry that has expertise on cults and new religions. And so I, w- I worked there for a while. When we got married, I, I, I went by vocational with Watchman so I could make a little more income. And then we moved up here to northwest Arkansas from the, the Dallas area to be closer to our family and from there, we started our Sufficient Word Publishing um, Ministry. We had, you know, my my wife and I had written things through the years on different aspects of Christianity, and so we we put our our um, findings together through the years in, into by which we are saved. So these are questions we've gotten from people through the years that we've actually put in the books, and and um, and also, uh, you know, I learned, Joe through the years I wasn't as clear from the pulpit as I should be on what the gospel is and what it's not. So that's part of the reason that we have written by which we are saved. We want people to be, know what the gospel is clearly and be able to present it clearly. Um, Absolutely. We, we actually, my wife and I actually met at a worldview weekend up in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh. And uh, so she lived up in Minnesota while I lived in Dallas. We dated, for several years, and then we're married, and we both lived in Dallas for a while, then we moved to uh, up here in Northwest Arkansas uh, and run our ministry out of here.
2: Well, that's awesome. So you guys met through, basically, uh, Brandon House, through Worldview yes Weekend. That's, that's amazing. We yeah, that, we did.
1: In fact, we're going to be on Brandon's show, and uh, we were supposed to be on last week, but we rescheduled, so we'll be on in the next week or two with Brandon, I expect. So i um, looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to telling him that story, too. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's it's, uh, so interesting. Uh, We only got a few minutes left. And again, the the book uh, by which we are saved is one of the books written by Preston Condra and his wife, Kelly. And also, If I Have Some Good News, is the other book. And uh, go to their website, go to Amazon, and I'm going to go on Twitter and and follow you now, uh, and I'll I'll share that and whatnot, but uh, there's some, I, I can't wait to finish reading this book and read the other one, and maybe we can do a part two to this interview, because I know John... Uh, was really psyched to uh, do this. And he had an emergency dental thing he had to have taken care of this morning, which seems to be a a common issue with him lately. Uh, (laughs) But um, no, we definitely have to have you back on. And we'll talk about the other book and we'll do it with with uh, when John's with us.
1: Hey, that'd be great. And um, we'd love we'd love to be back on. And um, we're so glad to get to be on with you today, Joe.
2: Well, it's great to have you.
1: And uh, again, By Which We
2: Are Saved is the book I'm reading now. And uh, I I look forward to finishing it. Preston, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, We only have a few minutes left. I'm going to take us out and and give us the the audience our sponsor information. And you have a great weekend. And we will talk and set up a part two interview uh, as soon as John gets a chance to do so.
1: Fantastic, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you, Preston
2: Again, Preston Condra, by which we are saved Also author of If I Have Some Good News Uh, Just a fantastic interview And we only scratched the surface on that As there is so many uh, different angles and things we can talk about In dealing with our faith and the the ministering and and sharing of our faith With uh, other people, whether it be family or friends or even strangers And how the best ways to go about doing that are Uh, Don't forget, simplycleanfoods.net is our sponsor. You use promo code SIMPLYCLEAN For a discount, I think it's 10 or 15% discount on all uh, their storable and survival food products. They have the Alt Media packs, they have the Are You Serious Pastor Bagley pack, and they have uh, you can buy any individual uh, fruit, vegetable, whatever it is at simplycleanfoods.net. They also have a huge supply of survival uh, tools and equipment. They have uh, knives and and fire starters and water filtration systems, portable and and otherwise, including their GMO free uh, food, which is only one ingredient, it's the healthiest freeze dried storable food you can buy. And again, simplycleanfoods.net is the website. Use the promo code SIMPLY CLEAN. We'll be having Chance on next week so he can come on and talk about uh, any uh, new product lines that he's got, any new deals or packages. I know he has been putting together, uh, as he always does, uh, you know, special packages for specifically for our audience. And he also has a number of other initiatives, you know, the adopt the vet. Uh, He did the Bible drive and uh, he has many other things in the hopper ready to go. So we're going to be talking with him next week. Looking forward to that. And John will be back and should be back with us Monday. Now in the last few minutes, we have uh, just a, a quick couple pieces of information. The Patreon broadcast that we do the first Sunday of every month uh, we had some issues with our communications. We have uh, problems with our emails not being getting out there to guests, uh, to uh, our Patreon uh, subscribers. So when we put give out the invitations on, on that last Sunday we did, uh, many didn't go through. We only had about uh, a quarter of what we usually do. And we had some website issues the last few days. But I'm happy to say that the website issues have been resolved. And uh, we should not have any of those issues anymore we we finally upped it to the unlimited package as far as bandwidth and whatnot is concerned uh so we should be fine there but the email bug is not worked out uh completely but i'm going to be announcing on this show and on hagman report a few times in the next few weeks how people can still if they're members on patreon can still join us for that first sunday broadcast of the month Uh, Without getting that direct link from email, so I haven't forgot about you guys I haven't we haven't forgot about the issue. I just want to make sure that people know uh, that we are working on it and we have an alternative solution, just in case our email uh, does not get fixed. Now, we have a great show tonight on Hagman Report and I believe in the third hour we're going to be taking calls which is something we've been trying to do more of and and uh be I don't know we started the show so long ago and uh it was a a news and call-in show and it's changed so much since that original uh, uh format that we had it in now we're on you know video we have a fancy studio on on YouTube and all these other outlets and we have not been taking calls that much we started uh you know just a few weeks ago trying to work it in a few times a week and it's gone really well. So tonight, in the third hour, we're going to be taking your calls on Hagman Report. So if you got anything to say, whether it's uh, the guest you heard here today on The Daily Show, to uh, you know anything that ha- is on your mind, we're going to be taking those calls tonight. Now, keep your eyes on what's going on in Europe. The presidency, this announcement for the uh, indictment of uh, Russian uh, hacking is on the heels of President Trump meeting the Queen and also meeting Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia. And they're trying to you know, basically destroy this relationship, I believe, as they're trying to destroy the presidency. But there are some great headlines up on Drudge, up on Liberty Daily, and we will be talking about this tonight more in detail but one of the big stories coming out of the uk is theresa may brexit trump and trade and that's something we didn't get a chance to get into today but has theresa may destroyed the brexit deal and has she done it on purpose she wants a soft brexit the country voted for a hard break from europe and much potential for the uk and the u.s to work together but it seems all for nothing we'll talk about that more later. we'll be back have a great day
0: The Hagman Daily Show is brought to you by The Hagman Report. Tune in to The Hagman Report weekdays, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. For more information, go to HagmanReport.com. That's HagmanReport.com.